Oh, my goodness. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? God is so faithful, isn't he? I am very excited because today we have a guest, an amazing man um, that we've met and that God seems to be yoking us together in the gospel and in the, uh, the expansion of God's kingdom. And uh, I'm going to introduce a wonderful man today. His name is Moses Wadila. He's from Uganda. He works in Tororo. He pastors six different churches. Five of them are, are more in the bush, is that correct? And then a larger one there in Tororo. And um, we came across Moses actually at a Global Legacy um, conference that we met um, uh, finally face-to-face. But before um, I got to finally meet Moses, actually our brother in, uh, in the Lord, Mr. Brett Smith, Pastor Brett Smith, who used to pastor here at Tri-County Worship, and he and I are dear friends, and, um, and he said, hey, you got to have this man come and preach in your church. We've gone several times, and God's doing all these miracles in Uganda, and you'd love it. And I was like, okay, that's awesome, Brett, but, you know, we really don't have that on the schedule, and so I didn't really think about it because, you know, God's doing a lot of neat things, and I'm sorry, Moses, I did. I blew him off. Moses didn't even know that. We're going to have to have some reconciliation after the meeting today. Uh, but Brett continued to say, though, no, it's an amazing work that God's doing, and, and, and so sometime you should have him come. And I said, boy, that would be awesome. But then Pastor Brett doesn't work in Junction City anymore. He's now the administrative pastor at Valley River Assemblies of God, now called Valley River Life. And so then later we go to Global Legacy in McMinnville, and who comes in with uh, our brother Virgil, who is an elder, and his wife Joy, elders at Valley River Life. They bring Moses in, so he starts sharing testimonies of what God's doing. And then I was like, man, I should have had him come speak earlier. I missed an opportunity. What was I thinking? But because there's so much grace in the kingdom, the man is here now. And so we're going to hear a great word from my dear brother, Moses Wadilla. Let's give him a Christ Center welcome, the good kind. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. You know, in Africa, in Uganda, we dance like chicken. When pastor's talking about dancing, when it comes to praise, everybody has his own way of dancing. You see now how, how hands dance? They don't have, any, they don't have any, any direction. They just go, each one dances on its own. So that's what happens when it comes to praise in our country. And when it comes to worship, each one talks his own. Because we have so many different languages, so nobody to interpret it for the other, it's the Holy Spirit. And each one will talk in his own way, whether you fall down or you stand, it's up to you. Let the Holy Spirit take his control. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Somebody, you, you had the pain in this, in your shoulder here. When you're coming here, for about, about, about some few days ago, you've been having pain in the shoulder. It's gone. It's gone. Q, 
Can you swing your hand? You stand up, stand up on your feet and swing your hand. It's gone. It's gone. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. My name is Moses Wadilla. If you cannot pronounce it well, you can just write W-O-W-A-R-D-E-A-L. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you make it. Praise the Lord. In other words, a word dealer. We, we deal in words. I deal in words. Praise the Lord. Well, I thank God for my friend Joy and Vigil. Could you please wave to the people? Praise the Lord. They have not seen you. Could you stand up and wave to the people? <laughs> Praise the Lord. These people have been so good to me. They've been so good to my family. They've been so good to our ministry. We met 2007, and since then, the Lord has mentored us together, and uh, we are moving together. I've been eating their food in the house, and I'm still eating it. <laughs> and any kind of food I want, I tell them I want this, and they go and get it. May the Lord bless you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, I come from Tororo, Uganda. That's where the Lord has sent me with my wife and my children, and that's where we are doing the work of the Lord. And since we've been in that place, we've seen the goodness of the Lord. We've seen the hand of the Lord at work. Be able to hear this, brother. All right. There is one celebration that I always make in my life, and that is when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Actually, I don't know when I was physically born. I don't know my date, I don't know my year, I don't know my month, nor my dad. My dad died when I asked him, he says, maybe he's not sure. My mother left me when I was four years. She didn't, I didn't have time to ask her. By then, I was not interested in knowing when I was born. <laughs> but in 1984, October, at 4 p.m., I gave my life to Jesus Christ. from Protestant to Islam, from Islam to Christ. And since then, that is the birthday I celebrated all of my life. Because whether Satan wanted it or not, I was to be born. Whether he wanted or not, I was to be born. Because God had already planned it. He knew me. Before I was in my mother's womb, and he knew I'll be born. But this second birth, it costed somebody's blood to be shed. It costed somebody's death on the cross. And that's why every time, fourth at 4 p.m., you know, everything goes with four, 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 four. 4 p.m., I gave my life to Jesus Christ. 
And every time that time comes, I make my family sit together and we celebrate and rejoice the goodness of the Lord. How many of you remember when you were born again? How many of you celebrate that? You see how they say the devil, you're a liar. Can we say, devil, you're a liar? (laughs) Say it again. You know, the devil is a liar. He tells you, you only remember the day you came into this world and just be contented with that. Whether you die, no problem. But just remember the day you were born in this world. That is all. But about this, about Jesus Christ, don't, don't care about it. Don't care about it. But you know, guys, if Jesus had not to die, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be alive today. We wouldn't be singing these wonderful songs and worshiping God. So it's good, friends. Remember the day you gave your life to Jesus Christ. And begin to celebrate that birthday. Hallelujah. Celebrate that birthday. Hallelujah. Can we say hallelujah this side? Can we say hallelujah this side? Can we say Jesus this side? Can we say Jesus? Can we say hallelujah this side? Can we say hallelujah this side? Can we say Jesus this side? Okay, we are going to go African way. Okay? This side, we are going to say hallelujah as we rise up, as we sit down, this side says Jesus. As we sit down, this side says hallelujah. As we sit down, this side says Jesus. And we keep on like that four times in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Are we ready? Are we ready? We are going to shout on top of our heads, hallelujah. And Jesus, the side that shouts more louder, I'm going to give you a gift. Hallelujah. One, two, three, we go. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hey. Hi. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think you give me another microphone. This thing is giving me a problem. Give me another microphone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, we can go. Praise the name of Jesus. You know, we are in the church. We are in the house of God. We are before our Father. And therefore, if we are before our Father, we can make every kind of noise. We can shout. If you don't shout, the church will shout for Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, let me give you a short testimony before we share the word of God. I was born in the year I don't know. The month I don't know, the date I don't know, but I was born a stutterer. You understand the word stuttering? Okay, stammerer. And uh, my mom 
left my father when I was four years. My sister was seven years. And my dad brought in a, another wife, who was my stepmother. And in, in my country, there is a belief that the first son in the home is the one to inherit when the father passes on. And my stepmother knew I was the first son in the home, though I'm the second. My sister was the first, I am the second. But being a son, I was the firstborn in the home. And my stepmother knew when my dad passes on, I'll be the one to take over. But then, by goodness, or good luck, let's say good luck, she gave birth to the first. She gave birth to the son, who was also the firstborn. And of course, there was now some kind of friction. And she began to mistreat me. And according to people who tell me that I had big cheeks, and my stepmother could pull me, could pull these cheeks around and make me move around. I was feeling pain, but what, what do I do? And uh, whenever she could ask me anything, it took me long to, to speak the word, to let her understand. And if I was to speak, I would first of all breathe in, then to release the word, I would just release once and that is all. And she could pull me around and beat me around. And one day, I got annoyed of it. I said, it's enough. Because every time my, my dad comes in, she could say, I choose me of A, B, C, D. And my dad would do the same thing. One time I said, it seems this is not my dad. So I decided to leave the home and I went to the streets. And I lived in the street. And man... Life in the street is not good. It's not good. I, left, I lived in pain until my uncle, who was a Muslim, came and picked me and took me to his home. And you know, once a Muslim gets a Christian and takes that Christian into his home, that is a great honor because he knows he's going to proselyte that person into Islam. I was in my father's religion. I was baptized Matthew. That was my name. Matthew, the name I was baptized. But when my uncle took me, he gave me the name Musa. And Musa means Moses. And I grew up with that kind of name. And by and by, Matthew disappeared until tomorrow. And I grew up in an Islamic way. And uh, I went to Madarasa. Madarasa is the school of uh, Muslims where you go and learn about their ways of life. And eventually, I picked up a talent of playing soccer. In America, you don't, you know, you're picking up very soon. You're going, you're picking up. You like so much what you call. That's not football. Those are, that's handball. <laughs> you like so much handball. And uh, I picked interest in soccer and I began playing because it seems God wanted to me to, be, uh, to, to move in that direction so that he may make me what I wanted to be. And uh, I began playing soccer and then uh, eventually 
I was enrolled in, uh, in one of the teams. And uh, the coach told me, Moses, do you know one thing? I said, no. He says, you are good. You can become uh, a national player. And he began to train me up and trained me up. And uh, I became a good player. And I began to be bought by other teams. And my position was defense and right striking. That's number seven. And defense number two. If you come on my side, if I don't kick the ball, I'll kick your leg. <laughs> so you don't have to play with my side. And all that still, in the, in, the, in the playground, I was a very quiet person because I knew my problem. My problem was stammering. And I play quietly. And if you abuse me, if I do a mistake and you abuse me, I'll walk out of the pitch. And so I began making money. I, became, I, make, I made money. And uh, finally, I met the two guys, the white men. I don't know which state they came from. I wish they told me. I was from training at around uh, 11 a.m. And uh, they meet me. I was putting on training kits and they asked me and said, can you tell us, or can you direct us where the crusade is taking place? I said, crusade? And of course I knew there was a crusade going on, but with Muslims, when you come to and talk to us about Muslim, that means you are actually insulting us. So I told them, well, I just seen people go that way. Just take that direction and you'll find where people are. And they said, no. Can you help us? I said, no, but I'm dirty. I'm just from the training. I am just going home to take a shower. And they said, please, we request you kindly. We will take you and we'll bring, we'll bring you back. Because they had a van. And the one who was driving was an African man from Uganda. And they pleaded with me, please take us. I said, okay. So I entered in their car. They put me in the middle, one on the left, one on the right. And one began to say, you, you're, very, you're a very nice young man, of course. You know, by that time, American English was very difficult for us to understand. And they began to speak about Jesus Christ. You need Jesus Christ, blah, blah. You need Jesus Christ, blah, blah. You need Jesus Christ, blah, blah. You need Jesus Christ is going to do this, blah, blah. All this. And when we're about to arrive to the place, they said, can we pray for you? I said, yes, pray. Now, why do I say pray? Because I was tired of hearing about Jesus. <laughs> so you pray and keep quiet. Don't tell me more about your Jesus. And they said, okay, can you say these words? I said, okay. They said, man, some words I was missing them because first of all, I had a problem of uh, speaking the words. Secondly, the, language, the English was different from the English I learned. So they said, blah, blah. I said, okay. I said, that is all. They said, okay. I said, okay, this is the place for the crusade. And they came out. They said, okay, driver, take him back home. They, he brought me back and he said, can I take you to your home? I said, no. Take me where you got me. And he brought me where he got me and gave me a small Bible. And so I went back home. I told my sister, I said, you know what? 
I got people who are saved. They call themselves Christians. They prayed for me and they said, I'm saved. She said, wow, that can't be. Because she knew when, when I come from training or when I come from playing a team against a team and I take my shower or I have a cup of tea, the next step is I'm going to the film show. And she said, okay, we will see. We shall give you one week if you're saved. And they gave me one week. I went through one week. I was still saved. But not going to church. Said, let's give him two weeks. They gave me two weeks. I was still saved. But not going to church. Let's give him one month. They gave me one month. And I was still saved. Not going to church. Finally, I think it was God. Who told me now, can you go to the church? So I got up, I went to the nearby church. And when I was there, it was Assemblies of God Church. And they saw somebody strange, a new person who was dressing well. And the pastor said, praise God, we have a guest today. We are going to ask him to open our service with a word of prayer. <laughs> oh my, trouble came. I, I didn't know how to begin to tell the pastor at first that I cannot speak well. But I began sweating because I don't know how I'm going to start and uh, how I'm going to end. I don't know how to pray, but because I'm a smart person who has come in the church, they feel they should honor me. So I signaled to the person next to me, I said, tell him. My throat is not good. I have a problem. <laughs> so the pastor closed their eyes waiting for the guests to come and pray until this young man went and told the pastor, he has a problem. So the pastor prayed. And after praying, I went to, we had the service and that was good. And after that, I went back home. When I went back home, I was so excited in my spirit, but still, I was not feeling well. Why I was asked to pray and I don't know how to pray. And secondly, I have a problem with words. And my friend, in 1988, the Lord visited me and healed me from stammering. He healed me from stammering. I didn't know that I was once stammering. And my pastor comes to me and says, Moses. I said, yes. He says, can I tell you one thing? I said, yes. He said, do you still remember? I said, no. Are you still stammering? Oh, God. This was just like a dream to me. The Lord healed me from stammering. And since that day, up to next year, until Jesus comes back, I have never stuttered and I will never stammer and I will never because I was healed and I'm totally healed. I can now read well. I can now speak well. I am not being a quiet person now. I can decide to make noise and make noise until the devil will get troubled. Jesus has been so good. My daughter was also stuttering when she, she was born, my last born. And uh, my wife said, 
Daddy, do you know? I said, no. I said, Naomi is also beginning that system that you told us about suttering. I said, okay, we are going to pray. And we laid the hands on the her, and the Lord hit the stuttering out, and the girl speaks very well. She's a wonderful worshiper. If you came to Uganda and you listen her to worshiping, she's a wonderful worshiper. Praise the Lord. Well, we praise God this morning. You know, when I say praise God, at least back me up and say amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, that is African church, the church of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You give me strength when you do that like that. Well, let's go to the word of God. This morning, I would like to share with us, and I believe the Lord is going to do us good this day. And, uh, you know, in my country, let me say this before. In my country, when we come to church, we come in the presence of God. And when we come in the presence of God, we forget about ourselves. We forget about everything that we've left behind. And we focus on to the Lord. One time, my missionary in Assemblies of God told us, he says, you Africans, you don't know how to keep time. Actually, Africans, we don't know how to keep time. It's true. Praise God. And he said, when you come to our church and you begin preaching, you are given 15 minutes and you begin preaching and you go beyond 15 minutes, chairs will be disappearing from behind. People go. You, you just, you, we are just preaching, but people, chairs are taking people out. Chairs are taking people out until finally you find yourself alone in the church. said, if that is what it means in America, I don't like it. But praise the Lord, here I am today. Praise the Lord. In other words, I'm saying, when we come in the presence of God, let the Holy Spirit take over. Let the Lord take over. Amen. Let me speak on the power of faith in God. The power of faith In God. Praise the name of the Lord. The power of faith in God. Can we say it? The power of faith in God. Shout louder than that. You know I I speak Ugandan English, but you speak American English. But we all meet somewhere. Praise the name of Jesus. Mark chapter 2. Let's go to the word of God. Mark chapter 2. And I believe the Lord is going to do us well. The Lord is going to touch people here. The Lord is going to heal people here. The Lord is going to fill and refresh some people here today with the joy of the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody is going to be filled with the joy of the Lord. And you are going to enjoy the laughing of the Holy Spirit. And you are going to enjoy the presence of the Father because that's what he has for us. Mark chapter 2. These are long verses, man. I don't know whether you enjoy reading long verses, but these are long verses. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 12. 
These are very long verses. I don't know whether you enjoy reading long verses, man, but this is a long verses today. Pastor Joshua must, might be reading one verse, three, four verses. These are long verses. Africans read long verses. Praise the name of Jesus. And again, Jesus entered Capernaum after some days, and it was hard that Jesus was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And Jesus preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where Jesus was. So when they had broken through, they let the bed on which the paralytic man was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemous like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned, with, they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, arise, take your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins. And he said to the paralytic, I said to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he, rose, he arose and took the bed. And went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. They said, We never saw anything like this. The power of faith in God. The Bible speaks about this man, the paralytic, who was born paralyzed, could not be able to walk, could not be able to run, could not be able to touch anything. And I think he was a problem to his family because every moment he was to be lifted from where he was, and be put where he's supposed to be until another time he's carried to another place. If he wanted to poo, he would just make it there. If he wanted to pee, he would just make it there. And the place where he was, it was a mess. You know, you better become deaf than being somebody who's not able to, to move. You become a problem. When a lion comes, it will get you from there. And it will eat you, you will do nothing. 
You, whether you cry or not, but it will enjoy you. You'll become supper or dinner or breakfast that day. Because you're not able to move in that place. And this man, the legs were like spaghetti, you know. Spaghetti, how spaghetti dances. When you put spaghetti in hot water and just lift it like this. They were just moving. The, the neck was just falling wherever it wanted. And people were just carrying him from where he was and to be put where he was, he was supposed to be. And the Bible says, Jesus Christ, after he has been in that city of Capernaum, sometime he came back in that place. And because he has been there, some things have been happening in that place. And people have been hearing about this man, Jesus. And the Bible says when he went there, he went in the house. He went in the temple. And because people had heard about Jesus Christ, the great things that Jesus is doing, he's a man of a difference. You know, when, in my country, when, when, when we want to make a crusade, we will make posters and pin everywhere. Pastor Moses is coming a great man of God. Bring all the sick. Bring all the kind of people. Bring them. He's anointed man of God. And then on the radios will be announcing everywhere, Moses, the mighty man of God. And sometimes he's not a mighty man of God. But because announcements are going everywhere, people will come. But Jesus Christ Never made announcement that I'm coming that city. But when people learn that he has come there, my friend, the Bible says people thronged the place. Whenever Jesus goes, there is a mighty multitude that comes. And whenever Jesus goes, there are some things that happens in that place. Is Jesus is in this house? Is Jesus in this house? Yes. Hallelujah. And the Bible says people are full everywhere. They were stepping on one another, you know, when you are packed because of something supernatural. Even if somebody steps on you, you don't care. When you are putting on open shoes and somebody steps on you, you don't care. Let the pain go down, but I'm aiming at something there. And the Bible says people pressed on. And these four men, they had already heard about the power of God that takes place when Jesus comes in an area. And they have been fed up with the situation of this man. For how long shall we be carrying this man? Every morning, every afternoon, every morning, every night, he became a burden. And the man decided to come up as one person. They joined themselves in spirit, physically, and in faith. They said, let's, let's become a problem to this man. 
I don't know where they was able to speak, but this man came and grabbed him and put him on a bed and says, let's go. I don't know where they were saying, where, where, where are you taking me? Let's go. Don't talk. Where, where are you taking me? Let, don't talk. In, in my country, people sacrifice other people for whatever they want. There are people whom the, the witches will tell them, go and bring a cripple and sacrifice a cripple and you'll become rich. Now, I think maybe this man was wondering, are you taking me to be sacrificed? Or where, where are you taking me? Don't talk. We know where we are taking you. And the man was just, the legs were playing around. The head was just playing around. The hands were playing around the bed. This man with the man, we are taking you. We know where we are taking you. And the Bible says when they came at the place and saw that there was no room. For them to bring this man, the Bible says they agreed and says, okay, do you know what you're going to do? Yeah, we know. We are going to open the roof of the house. Yes, in one accord, we are going to open the roof of the house. And you know what? We are going to open exactly where Jesus is. Hallelujah. This is wonderful. Where, you know, when you are here and the people are making noise, people are shouting, you will not know where Moses is. But there is something called faith, the power of faith in God. Said we are going to open where Jesus is. And exactly they did what was needed. And the Bible says after opening... You know what? The Spirit is telling me people didn't see what was happening. It's only Jesus Christ knew what was taking place. And the Bible says, the Lord did the man. <laughs> the Lord did the man and brought him where Jesus was. And what Jesus saw, he did not see the man. He saw the faith of the man. He didn't care about what other things that were going on, but he saw the faith in this man, the power of faith that came into this man. And they said, let's take this man to Jesus Christ. We know whether Satan wants it or not, this man is stopping to be carried today and is going to be walking and will be carrying his bed. That's what they came with from where the man was. We believe that once this man steps where Jesus is, that's the end of the problems. Now, many times we are missing God because of lack of faith. We talk of faith, we talk of faith, but we actually don't mean what it means in our lives. We tell people, have faith in God. Have faith in God. But we don't actually show what it means to have faith in God. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, the Bible says Jesus saw the faith in this man. 
Faith is an assurance. Not just words that we talk. It's an assurance of what we talk and of what we hear and what of what we do. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says when he saw the faith of this man, he said to the paralytic man, just pick your bed and go. Your sins have been forgiven. He did not pray for the man, but he's, what did he do? He commanded the man and said, man, your sins have been forgiven. Now what next? You don't need to stay here. Just get up and go. You need not to be in this situation. Just get up and go. A man in, a, in my country was called Jabez. This man was a great, actually he's an uncle to, president, to our president. This man was a great hunter. He went to hunt and finally he met a buffalo, a buffalo, a bison. And the buffalo, you know, there he used, they used spears. And the buffalo came so violent against him and got him and beat him down and broke the legs and tortured him. And actually the man, they thought the man is dead. It stepped everywhere. And after that, it moved and stayed aside. But good enough. There were other hunters who were coming. They came, they found this man down. He is too dirty. He's actually bleeding everywhere. So what they did, they killed the bison. And what happened? They got this man when the bones were broken and he was not able to speak. So they took him to the hospital. They put him in a wheelchair. And one day they said, no, he must be taken to Germany for treatment. So he, they were carried to German. And this man, when he reached there, they said, there's no way you're not going to walk. You are, you are going to be in a wheelchair the rest of your life. And this man, they bought, back the, they bought the plane coming back. When they arrived in Nairobi, they meet a preacher in Nairobi. And the preacher was carrying on the crusade. And the the parents said, no, let's take this man to the crusade. And they carried him out. They went to the crusade. And this man was coming from uh, Niagara Falls. His name is there. He's a preacher, an evangelist. And uh, they brought, they rolled a wheelchair in front of this man. And uh, so many wheelchairs were there. And after the gospel, the man said, okay, let all the cripples walk. And this man saw other people waking up, they were walking. For him was seated there. And he was wondering, what is happening with me? Let all the sick be healed, and people are being healed. And this man was seated there in the wheelchair. Parents were just holding and just patting him. And the preacher came down and he said, what's wrong? What's, what's wrong? He said, what's your name? He said, my name is Jabez. He said, no, your name is not Jabez, your name is a fool. Can you say my name is a fool? He said, my name is a fool. And said, okay, now get up and walk. And he just got up and walked immediately. Because he was not having faith in God. The man walked up to this day, he's walking. He should be around 80 years something now. He's busy walking. And preaching the gospel. 
telling of the greatness of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Faith is not what we just speak, but it is the conviction that we get deep in us. Something that moves inside of you and makes you to be what God wants you to be. It is what paves a way of the current life that you're in so that God brings in what you are not. When Jesus saw the faith of this man, it moved his heart. And he said to the man, because of the faith of these people, I don't see the reason you should continue this situation. They brought you here because of faith. You are here because of faith. Now arise and go. Faith is seen. It's not just words that we speak. It is, it is seen. If you have never seen faith, say, God, give me eyes to see faith. Faith is seen. The Bible says he saw. He did not see the men, but he saw their faith. God goes deep in us. He sees what is inside of you. And that's what God, what, what, that's what drives God. Because faith is God in you. You know, God is not a cripple. God is not blind. God is not deaf. God is not sick. So if faith is God in you, then you are what God says you are. Before you're physically walking, before you're physically running, before you're physically hearing, it begins from the inner person. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Faith is seen. Faith is hard. You know, the church of Jesus Christ, we are, fear, we are failing to make a change in the world because we are just talking words and we are not living by the words. But if we live by the words, hallelujah, my friend, the world will be turning upside down everywhere. Wherever you go, people will come because there is something inside of you. Faith paves a way. Makes a way for you. Where your physical personality cannot go, when faith is at work, you will go. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible speaks about a, ma a woman who had 
the blood issue for 12 years. She had tried all her possible ways. You know, mamas, you know, when we speak about the blood, 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 for 12 years, every second, every minute, every hour, every week, every month. And now 12 years. You cannot have friends. The only friends that you'll have are the blue flies. Because they smell around, they want to be smelling. And, you know, and for 12 years, she had tried for herself to be well, but no way. The Bible says she had spent every penny. She has gone to every witches. She has tried everything. She has failed. And now, she comes at the wall. She says, now, let me, I'm ready to die. If I've tried all possible ways, I've spent every money, it is gone. Now I am bankless. I don't have anything. Now it is my time to die. Brother, it's no time for you to die. Sister, it's no time for you to die. The Bible says, in that moment, in that situation, when she had come to the wall, she hears of Jesus Christ. Faith makes you to hear something so wonderful. Faith. She had. And faith makes decisions. Hallelujah. Somebody there, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Faith makes decisions. When God is in you, he will make decisions in you. Because faith is God. And anybody who comes to God, faith is the foundation. And decision is made. And says you must go to where this man is. And no matter, you must go. And the Bible says she got up and she said, I am going. I am going. And she moved on. And the Bible says the crowd, big multitude, were pressing on unto Jesus Christ. And faith says, don't fear. Don't be worried. I am going to make a way for you. And the Bible says in that moment for every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month for 12 years. If she was a big woman, then she must have become small. Weak. No strength. But where there is faith, there is strength. And faith says we are going. And God paved the way for her. Faith paves a way for you where there is no way. The Bible says when she was moving, people were pushing her. 
And whenever she falls down, she wakes up, I'm not giving up. Hallelujah. She, people, other people are smelling something bad and they've closed their doors and they give way for her. Other people are saying nowhere and faith says, we are going. Faith does not surrender. It does not give up. Faith will move with you until something happens. Oh, hallelujah, I feel the goodness of the Lord. Until something happens. And the Bible says she moved and faith spoke in her. You don't need to look at the face of Jesus Christ, but you only need to do to touch. Faith speaks. Faith touches. Faith says you only need to touch. And she said, okay, I will only need to touch. Because this is what I'm hearing. And the Bible says people are pressing on and she was going on. Faith is not telling her, don't give up. Don't give up. You're about to get it. Don't give up. You're about to get it. Don't give up. You're about to get it. Don't give up. Don't give up. And she moved on. She moved on. She moved on. She moved on. And finally, she fell down and touched the cloth of Jesus. And eventually, the blood stopped. The blood stopped. And when Jesus learned that somebody has touched him, he asked, and people said, you know, we, we, we have people who do not have faith. They are following Jesus Christ. He said, who touched me? And the disciple says, ah, you don't need to talk that, my friend. You see how many people are here. And you see how people are following you. Why do you ask that? People do not have faith. They will not know what is taking place in the midst of the crowd. When faith begins to move, other people will fail to understand. But faith, when, it, when faith begins to work, my friends, you look like a fool to people who do not understand. But to God, you are responding to the word of God. You know, I always say, you know, faith is, is like risking. You know, risking. You understand the word risking? You're risking. Risk of assurance of success. You know, when you risk, some people will think, no, you, 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 you're acting like a fool. No, you look like a fool. Praise God. Let me act like a fool. But one thing is that I know what I want. I was preaching in, uh, in New York and uh, they brought a girl who has taken eight months. She has not been walking. She got accident and had put some, I don't know what you call what, on her leg. And the Lord told me it is time for, for healing. And uh, they brought the girl. For eight months she has not been walking. And the Lord came down and touched her. And she left the crutch and she began walking. The pastor said, hey, she's walking, she's walking, she's walking, she's walking. Okay, yes. Faith, when it comes in, my friend, people who have been even encouraging you, they will begin to wonder, it is happening. And yet they've been saying, one day it will come. And once it comes, they begin to think, hey, it is happening. My friend, when faith begins to take place, 
the whole place becomes a mess. Jesus saw their faith. There is power in faith. When we have faith in God. You know, one day, I was preaching. And a young man comes up and says, Pastor, you don't understand. I said, no. I will understand. He said, you don't understand. I said, no, I will understand. He says, you know what? I said, no. What you're speaking, you're speaking about me. I said, what is it? No. This young man has not been sleeping for about a month. He does not sleep. You know, in, in our country, we don't know about pills for sleeping. <laughs> we don't know about that. It is here. People take pills for sleeping here. And if you're here today, my friend, today is your end. You need the touch of Jesus. Because, you know, about two days ago, I've been, I've been praying and I've not been sleeping. And every time I go to my bed, I turn on my music on the phone and music sick. And I keep on, my eyes are open. And last night I said, God, I want to sleep. And God said, turn off the music of your phone. And I said, yes, sir. And I turned off the music of the phone. And I slept. I was supposed to wake up at 3 o'clock. I woke up at 6. I slept like a baby. <laughs> so this young man said, Pastor, it is me. I have not, I've not been sleeping. I said, okay, you are going to sleep tonight. And the boy he says, no, Pastor, I don't believe. I said, no, you are going to sleep. And we, I laid hands on him and said, today, I want you to go to your bed and sleep peacefully. After two days, he comes and says, thank you, pastor. I said, thank God, because it is God. When the Lord comes in you, he creates what has not been there to be there. When God says you're well, you are well. When God says you are healed, you are healed. When God says you're blessed, you're blessed. Praise the Lord. I am blessed. Faith is not just words. It is acting, action. The mother, the mother of one of my elders, she came to church and she was suffering from pressure, diabetes. And uh, she said, Pastor, I've had people testify over the radio. People have been healed. I want you to pray for me. I said, okay, I'm going to pray for you, but have faith in God. She says, I have faith. And uh, first of all, I led her to Christ. That's number one. She gave her life to Jesus Christ. And second, I said, okay, I'm going to pray for you. Prayed for her. And the pressure, diabetes disappeared. Today, she's well. Praise the Lord. When faith comes in you, when God comes, you know, sometimes we fail to understand that God lives in us. And we just preach and howl, we just talk and howl, but we fail to understand. But if we understand that God, he lives in us, then you are going to live a well life all the days of your life. You know, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, <laughs> 
I've never fallen sick. I don't know what medicine looks like. I don't know how, you know, in my country, the biggest disease is there is malaria. Malaria kills many people. And then other diseases like HIV and so on. But since 1984, October, on 4th, at 4 p.m., I have never fallen sick in my life. The word of God is always my medicine. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus Christ. I have lived that. My wife, when I married my wife, she used to fall sick every time. And I said, enough is enough. I laid my hands on her and the Lord healed her. And today, she's good. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Faith will defend you where there's no defense. And that is what the church of Jesus Christ we need today. Faith will protect you where there's no protection. In the month of April last year, we were coming from the mission. We've been preaching and we're coming back. The enemy got annoyed on the way and he said, I'm going to kill you. I was driving, coming back home with my friends who are happy coming back home. At around five, we were overtaking a truck and this man of the truck just turned his, twisted his wheel and we rammed into his truck. And our vehicle swerved and jumped up and landed down and knocked the electric pole and went through and knocked the bushes, trees, and went through. And people knew we are all dead. But you know, in, on my car, on the bonnet, I have written, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Bold words. And the vehicle went to in. It was totally crushed. People came and knew we are all dead. But when they came, they saw us walking out peacefully. The vehicle was in pieces, but the, the bonnet was totally protected. The word is still standing there. Jesus is Lord. Praise the Lord. When faith is at work, you are at protection. You are at peace. You know, Jesus spoke to the disciples in Mark 11 when he cast out the fig tree. He said, have faith in God. Just a few words. Have faith in God. God. There are people here that God is going to use in a mighty way. There are people here that God is going to use in miracles and in healings if you operate in faith in God. What God wants to see in our lives is not a well-planned church, is not a well-programmed church, is not a good music, but what you want to see in us is 
When he sees faith, you will walk on water. I am praying one day, I want to walk on water in the name of Jesus. Hmm. And once faith says go, go. You know, it sounds like hopeless, it sounds like foolishness, but once it says go, and go, and you walk. Some of us are fearing to achieve our goals because we, instead of faith, we have fear. I one time told my wife, we visited, I think, yeah, we visited Canada. And the pastor in Canada says, Pastor, have you ever sat in the boat and moved on water? I said, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. And I said, my wife, pastor wants us to go and sit. Ah, she said, no, you go. No, me all stay. I said, no, we are going with you. If to die, we die together. <laughs> she said, no, daddy, me, I'm not going. I said, no, we are going together with you. Let's go and we shall just watch. So we go to Lake Erie, and then she, they dress me, and she says, no, you take pasta. I said, no, we have to go with her. It was my first time because I was fearing water. And she comes in, and when she sat, she began making noise. I said, no, God is already in control. If you trust God, he is in us, we are protected. Pastor drove us up to the middle, I don't know whether the middle, and he just switched off the boat, the engine. Oh my. Our hearts went away. It went away. And I asked him now, suppose it does not start. He says, we'll just stay here. But praise God, he started. Where there is faith, there is no fear. When God says go, go. And you'll see things happening in your life. One day I was preaching on the radio and uh, in, in the morning because we have we have hired a radio program. I was preaching the word of God. And the Lord speaks to me and says, there is a woman who is crying right now. The child is dead. And I spoke a foolish word on the radio saying, people, there is somebody who is crying right now. Your child is dead. But trust God, he is going to bring the life back. You know, when you're preaching on the radio, you become like a fool. <laughs> there are no people there. There's no congregation there. But you're, picking, you're speaking to hmm. <laughs> And uh, I said the Lord is going to restore your child. I didn't know where it was, but that's what the Lord spoke to me to say it. And I, after speaking, I said, we are going to pray. And my motto is when I'm praying, stretch your hand and touch the radio that you're listening to me from. And this lady gets the radio. Instead of touching the radio, she gets the radio and puts on the body. That was a great faith. People are looking at the woman and she puts the, body, the radio on the body, boom. And after prayer, powerful prayer, well, I believe it was a powerful prayer. The Lord prayed with me, and the Lord brought the life back in the child, boom. 
And people wondered what's happening. Actually, they looked at the woman and they thought she was, she was acting foolishly. And the child comes back to life. Friday morning, she was actually a Seventh Adventist believer. Friday morning, she says, I'm looking for Ebenezer, this pastor who prays. I'm looking for that church. And she comes and she, she was direct to the church. I don't start the church. And uh, she asked the pastor, the pa people stays there. When is the pastor coming? They say, well, we're soon to come. And uh, I told my son on Friday morning, let's go to the church and see what's there. And uh, we come because she was expecting to see this pastor must be a big man. Tall. Can I say fat? <laughs> you know, in America, when you say fat, you mean different things. For us, we mean a different thing. But fat, tall, a giant man. And I come, and I was dressing in an American way. You know, American way, you know, can casually. And so I, we, we go to church. We find a woman singing and busy carrying a child singing. We didn't care about her. She didn't care about us because what she was expecting for a giant man. So we went back home. Saturday morning we come for, because every Saturday is our motto, we pray and fast, preparing our hearts for Sunday. We pray from 6 to 6. And who are there? She was there. She's still waiting for the giant pastor, man coming. Sunday morning, she's still waiting for that giant pastor man who comes, who speaks on the radio. And after we have worshipped, we have danced like chicken, now we've done all our praises, all that kind, testimonies I've done. She was keeping her testimony, wanting to the pastor. She, because she wanted the, the testimony to go to direct to the pastor. And my wife gets up because I enjoy my wife welcoming me to the pulpit. Says, hallelujah, let's put our hands together and welcome the servant of God. He's going to speak to us today. Today, I know God is going to visit us. God is going to do us good. And people climb up and a small man comes up. And I said, praise the name of the Lord. And she lifts up the hand. And I said, what's the problem? She says, I have a testimony. People say, no. Asha says, no, it's time for the word. She says, no, I have a testimony. I have something to say to pastor. And I said, okay, leave her. Let, let her come. Let her say something. And she comes up and you know what? She comes up with tears. Tears of joy. And she begins to say, pastor, you remember on Thursday? I said, what happened? You prayed for a child who's dead. And this is the child. And remember what goes in the church. A shout of joy and tears of joy. And she began to sob and she cried. And, and she says, this is the child you prayed for. And from today, since Mama Betty is called Betty, I am giving this child the name Betty. And you know what? The, I did not preach. We just entered in a worship and tears of joy. Praising the name of the Lord. The word that had prepared the Holy Spirit says, put it aside and it's time for you to worship me.
Faith will lead you to say the words that seems to be foolish to people who do not understand God, but to God, you are responding. And friends, Jesus Christ that day covered the whole church. It was full of joy and dancing and dancing and dancing, and God was glorified. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. And now we are going to exercise our faith. 